Hello, everyone. My name is Kate March, and I'm the founder of March Art House, which is the creative studio slash production house responsible for this podcast. This podcast is called the We Are Women podcast. So welcome. On this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations I have with other women art makers from around the world across various mediums. The goal of this podcast is to elevate the voices of women artists and share the incredibly vast talent that exists beyond the strict boundaries of the art gallery walls or beyond the quote unquote art world. We will be talking about creative process, identity, the journey of being an artist, and lots more, which I know will be inspiring to all of our listeners and our wider creative community. So welcome. A little background about myself. I'm a performance artist, a painter, and a poet, and I'm based in the U.S. currently, although I've spent a lot of my professional career overseas in London and Hong Kong, and really just about everywhere around the world. Part of my aim with the March Art House production studio is bringing other women's art to the forefront and providing support in whatever ways I can. The first eight women featured in this series are selected artists who have been chosen for the March Art House annual virtual exhibition called We Are Women. This year's exhibition's theme is Rebirth, which I discuss with each of the artists in their interviews. Each week, beginning now in March, I'll release an episode coinciding with the artist featured on our Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at March Art House. So come follow us and it'll be there that you'll actually get to see the beautiful work of all these artists. You can also check out their work on our virtual exhibition, which begins March 1st, on our website, marcharthouse.com. I invite you to sit back and relax and enjoy these informal chats with these incredible artists from across the world. In today's episode, episode six, I'll be chatting with Wenlu Bao. She's an artist that is originally from Shenzhen, China, who's now based in Brooklyn, New York. And she uses photography and makeup and Photoshop to create these really interesting visual art images that sometimes she uses in uh, large-scale installation pieces. She really plays with gender and definitions and redefinitions of beauty. So please enjoy our conversation. Here we go. And let's start off by having you introduce yourself with your name and where you're from and where you're based. And then we'll go from there. Okay. Um, I'm Wen Lu Bao and I come from Shenzhen, China. And now I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. I'm in visual art. I'm a visual artist. Perfect. All right. So we'll do some, we'll do these first three questions with one sentence answers. All right, here we go. Who are you in one sentence? I'm a visual artist who has quite versatile interest. And what do you do in one sentence? I basically make images and moving images and installations based on this project. And why do you do what you do? I do, uh, I mainly make visual art like I mentioned before and I do this because I'm quite visual art motivated and I'm super interested in creating eye-catchy images with meanings 
hidden behind. Oh, I like that. I like that. So for the listeners that aren't familiar with your work yet, how would you describe, which is going to be useful for me too, how would you describe your medium and, um, or your primary medium? And tell me about how you arrived at this particular visual art medium. Like, did you start somewhere else in your education or your process or your journey? And then it led you here. Um, how did you arrive at using this medium? My medium is basically images like combine different different contents. And I firstly begin with this specific project. I begin with taking self-portraits. Mm-hmm. And I used to be interested in taking kind of like beautiful self-portraits, which is more fashionable, mm-hmm. like very traditional fashionable. But then I become kind of bored in this kind of projects. And mm-hmm. I the first project I the first project I made with this specific project is like I stretch my I I paint red paint onto my face and mm-hmm. stretch my face into a square square shape. And then I found this is quite quite expressive and quite suitable for expressing what I'm thinking about. So I just continue with this kind of visual style. Nice. And did you have a background in, because I know you're, so you're taking photographs of yourself, right? And you're also doing with these new portraits, at least you're where you're wearing makeup. So it's kind of like makeup art also. Um, so did you have a previous background in photography before this particular project and the way you're manipulating the images did you always work in photography? Did you have experience like with fashion to be able to do the makeup? Because it's it's quite like interesting the way you're applying the makeup. Um, and tell me more about those, the first images that kind of got boring, the like beautiful ones. Were they just like, were they also self-portraits? Were you also wearing makeup? Were you like more focused on the, the high fashion look of it? Yeah, I like from the very beginning I use makeup even mm. in those previous works because I'm quite interested like you mentioned I'm quite interested in fashion and makeup mm-hmm. and I'm interested in styling mm. in beauty products in this thing so I I was trying to combine these things together and my back, my background is like photography and electronic media so it's gotcha. kind of a mixed media and I uh the I before I get into this kind of major, I was majored in English. Mm-hmm. And back in that time, I began to take self-portraits. So it's mm. like two or three years of taking self-portraits. But uh, the specific one I feel bored is like, it is beautiful. I take mm-hmm. self-portraits myself. I wear a wig. I had mm-hmm. I had like black and white makeup. Mm-hmm. It's quite eye-catchy. It's beautiful, but it's not, it's not recognizable. Like mm. I see so many beautiful pictures. It might also be kind of professional, but I don't. I don't like it to be. I would like to be more recognizable. I would like people to see my, to view my works more personal mm. and more styled. So then I change. Then I just stop doing that kind of stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. It's almost like they're they they get distorted the way that you're manipulating them now. Do you what what program are you using to distort them? The images. I use Photoshop. Okay. So it's just Photoshop uh, distortion. And to me, they kind of seem really surreal. When I first saw the imagery, 
it's like, you know, there's a face, but you're also trying to figure out the shape and things like that. So tell me about your creative process. When you, when you first take a self-portrait, do you have like an image in mind of, okay, you want to, you want to deal with this kind of look or do you just kind of put makeup, you apply the makeup and just let it, you just kind of let yourself flow with that process first, or do you have a vision for how the end product is going to look? I don't have a vision at the first place. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned before, like the first piece in this kind of visual style is a piece like I use red paint onto my face. Mm -hmm. It looks quite dangerous and Mm -hmm. quite like a sign. And this is the first first one I just abandoned to being only being beautiful. Mm -hmm. I want to create more expressive pictures. So uh, when I'm trying to do something with this picture, because I don't want to be very fragile or very, Mm. very beautiful at that time. So I was thinking about how to like, how to deal with this kind of picture in Photoshop. And Mm. I just stretch it and was trying to see what, what kind of things I can do, but I stretch it and I find it's quite a big, quite a big progress for myself. Mm. I like it, but then I stopped for like half a year in this project. Mm-hmm. Then after the pandemic, I cannot go out anymore. I cannot do videos, which I was doing like a year ago. Ah, gotcha. So I begin to go back and look at this kind of projects and thinking more about why do I do it? Mm. What can I try to push it more? So I just, and now I don't only stretch it because I use, I now use more high resolution mm-hmm. cameras. So if I stretch it, the pores will be so, ah, yeah. you can see the pores are stretched. So I will like the process are more complicated. I just want, I just do more in Photoshop to kind of replicate each mm. patch of my skin and, and just make it like more like a stretched style. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, what the, when you're talking about with the red paint, is that the one that I have a, a photograph of that's like um, divided in two yeah. and it's large? Oh, that's real. I I love that. So do you, are you, you're making all this work during the pandemic right now. Are you envisioning it as installation pieces, like pieces that are going to be blown up into a larger scale that will be, yeah. okay. Okay. That's... I want to do that because the first piece is kind of uh, installation. Mm-hmm. I do it before I graduate, but all the pieces done after that are like after graduation. Mm-hmm. And I don't have this kind of access to the print rooms anymore. And I don't have space to hang it in my home. So right. the, the, like the, the other pictures are now just images, but I want to do more installation in the future. Nice. I like that. Um, so I've, I've been asking the other artists also in terms of their creative process, what kind of atmosphere they work best in. So do you usually work in the morning or at night? Do you have a space in your apartment? Um, that's like dedicated space. I guess you're lucky enough to be using your computer a lot. So it's not, (laughs) it's not a, uh, major factor to have a studio space at this point. Um, but are you listening to music? Like what, what's the environment that you work best in and you feel most, most creative in? I work mostly in the afternoon because I don't get up in the morning <laughs> and in the afternoon I work with music playing. Yeah. Every time I work, I, I just leave the music playing mm-hmm. in my room and I make up first. I put makeup on. And before I use this kind of LED lights, which mm. are more small and which are smaller and like more portable. But yep. now I got like some better 
flashlights and I can do with this flashlights. And I have a small, like a small space in, in my room. I can mm -hmm. doing stuff like in the studio. So it's nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, oh, that's, that's really cool. Have you thought about, I'm, I'm just curious. So you used to do some more video work. Yeah. Have you done any self, like, have you done any video portraits, self portraits in the pandemic where like, is your camera, um, I'm sure it is capable of video. And have you played with like distorting videos at all? Uh, yeah, before, uh, like before I've met, I have maybe like three or four main pieces of video works. Mm -hmm. These are all self-portraits, like all self-shoot. Gotcha. Or or like it's me in the in the image, but I, I have never done with like distortion face, but I was thinking of doing one. I was planning it. Mm. I, I already get into it, like doing one stop motion video yeah. using these distorted phases. Yeah, I could see that being really cool. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested in the, this makeup thing because as a performer, you just have to, you just have to get really used to using makeup. So do you like you get your makeup out, do you, and you're kind of basing it off of your mood, how you're applying it. Does the music affect how you start to like create a palette on your face at all? Or do you have, do you have the idea of some like the colors you want to use or something you want to play with, whether it's lips or eyebrows or do you, like, how do you come up with what's actually being put on your face? I find that really interesting. At first, uh, like in a, in my very early works, I just sit there with no plan, but begin mm -hmm. to apply makeup on my face. <laughs> That's cool. But I'm not quite like the, also the red paint is, is work in that way, but I'm not quite satisfied with this kind of process. Mm. I want to look, I want my, uh, though I'm not a makeup artist, but I mm -hmm. want to make my makeup more professional. Mm. So I begin to like draw those sketches like those makeup artists do. Yep. Yep. But every time I come up with a sketch, but then when I sit there, I will do many kind of modification. I will change the makeup a lot. And this is the first change. And the second change I do is when I Photoshop these pictures, like I I have some pieces like different, like this eye look here and then mm. I in the other direction. And this kind of thoughts all come up when I was doing some ah, that's cool. pictures. That's really cool. I like that. Um, how, what's like the timing of your process? So you sit down, you do the makeup. How long does it usually take after you have the image to distort it? Like, are you taking days or hours or months to like, how do you know when you're finished with, with this creation? Only like the Photoshop state, the Photoshop status will cost me like around two days every mm. time. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you just kind of have an instinct for when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Um, and do you, are you doing these self portraits? Like how frequently are you doing them? Are you trying to do them weekly? Are you trying to just kind of do them daily? How many are you doing in general? I'm sure you have other things going on. Yeah. I, I, I used to do it like weekly or two or three times a week like mm -hmm. when I do it most fast. But recently I was just like stopping for a while because I want to be, I want to be, I want to create more, not only this kind of images, but I want to dig deeper. So I mm. just kind of stopped this month. I, I haven't done anything about makeup this month. 
Hmm, interesting. Have you thought or have you done right now? They're all self-portraits. Have you had anyone model for you or thought, or is that not the intention? Yeah, I had like, because I major in kind of, kind of photography. Mm, right. Before, before I take self-portraits, I also take, take pictures of my friends or mm-hmm. some clients. And I have, after I come, after I came to America, I've also take pictures of some of my friends mm-hmm. or people I met on street and I just invite them to come to my studio. Cool. But uh, this kind of work, it's just like the images I, I described you before, like right, right. previous, previous works, they are not so recognizable. It's kind of very yeah. flat, very common. So yeah. I don't use it quite a lot. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, what's your favorite part of your process? My favorite part is when I, I think my favorite part is when I'm processing these images. Mm, yeah, I can see that being a fun part. Um, how long have you been ba- based in the U.S. now? Based in U.S. is like two and a half years. And do you feel like um, what you're what you're doing with distorting the imagery has come out of your time here? Like, has it been affected by being in America versus China, or is just basically a personal decision to distort these images? I think U.S. definitely brings me more hmm. to be an artist mm. because in China it's like very like the social rules are more restricted mm-hmm. and and also the criterions of beautiful is right. also restricted so I was uh even though like I think in the very beginning of my makeup process I I'm interested in some strange things <laughs> I don't like this very common makeup things mm-hmm. but but it's still kind of restricted within the beauty criteria yeah but after I came to U.S. I feel like everything is possible it's it's real like in Mm -hmm. if I say that back in China it's not kind of that real because there's still restrictions exist but in Mm. U.S. really like everything is possible especially in New York because I was in Baltimore before Mm -hmm. Baltimore is quite a black city Mm -hmm. but I'm not that into black culture Mm -hmm. also black visual because I'm more into Asian visual right right so in New York you can see all different kind of things happening on the streets which is quite inspiring for me right that makes sense yeah it's interesting because I've been to Shenzhen I know I mean and also Shenzhen is relatively creative yeah place it's increasingly a creative spot in in China close to Hong Kong and um but still I I because I've worked with some artists there and it's still like a little bit more challenging to yeah. get away from these standards of beauty and and yeah, experiment and be accepted in the art world. It's like it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, which happens everywhere, but I it's because I spent so much time there. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see the differences for sure. Um, and what's been the most challenging part of your process during the pandemic? Has it been? Has the pandemic been like somewhat helpful or, or made you more productive or has it been like less motivation? How has it affected you in general? I think the pandemic is kind of specific for me also because I graduate during this year. Oh, right. So okay. The pandemic's kind of a mix up with graduation. And during this time, 
I become more productive because I have more pressure. I know I have to work hard because mm-hmm. I have to support myself in the future. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also a very big challenge because I cannot go out anymore. Yeah, I cannot hang on on the street. Though I do a lot of self portraits, but I'm also interested in photography and I take a lot of street photography. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just cannot get out, or I can only get out around my neighborhood, which is kind of a restriction for me. So I was uh, asking about how your identity as a woman affects your artistic process, and also how it affects your um, playing with this idea of or s- definitions of beauty and um, yeah, just curious how that, how you think it affects you. I think the definition of beauty to me um, is just kind of express what I'm thinking and not only trying to create not only trying to like correct some part of my face to mm-hmm. make it more standard. This is like the most basic line for me. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to create those images more in kind of a, like a consistent, con- consistent visual style of makeup and to build kind of a visual world that mm. I, that I can, that can stand for me and can speak for me. So mm. this is what I'm trying to express my beauty world. And that's definitely tied to your identity as a woman and trying to define, redefine what that means too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about some of these works and I'm trying to think of how to describe them. I'm sure people will see them very soon after they hear the podcast, but it's like, it takes, I feel like when I look at them, when you've expanded and stretched these spaces into these shapes, it's no longer a clear gender almost like there's, there's, it's obvious that it's a woman, but also it's playing with an expansiveness that's fluid and beyond gender. And I was just curious if that's part of your intention to play with that, or um, is it just kind of a result of what you're the work has kind of emerged with? Yeah, that's kind of intention because the fir- when I first become interested in gender topics, hmm. I was trying to question why is there gender? Because hmm. um, I don't want to talk about maybe some very serious topic like rape or something like that because I've never get through it. Mm-hmm. But from my, from my position, what I have gone through is like I've, always been treated like a woman sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a bad way but to me all this kind of good or bad are all bad because mm-hmm. I'm treated differently right and if I get something good I will definitely pay for that I have mm-hmm. to do something more in order to get this kind of good treat so I want to create so I always want to create a not want to create but I want myself to post in a more like mm. mid mid-gender way not like not too feminine, not mm-hmm. too masculine, but more like, uh, like you said, no gender way. Yeah. 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 I, that's what I definitely can see that in a lot of the work. Um, do you have any current or past artists that you, that you're really inspired by or that uh, are really influencing your process or your art right now? I'm really like, I'm really inspired by Tony Ausler. 
Mm -hmm. He is kind of a mixed media artist. And I also like Maya Deren, who influenced me a lot in my early stages. And also like... Oh, that's interesting. Mm. You have Maya Deren. I haven't heard of, yeah. I mean, I haven't thought about her in so long. I mean, she, does, she did <laughs> definitely dance film. I mean, she yeah. was using dance and film. Um, that's interesting. What did you, re- what part of her work really influenced you or inspired you? Her work quite inspired me because she, because she's quite, she's quite feminine. She's quite elegant mm-hmm. and she's quite beautiful, but she is at the same time so strong in her film mm. with, with very strong, like her in her independent style. Yeah. So this influenced me when I, when I just, when I first get into art school and trying to do some video works, mm. she's quite a very big inspiration. Yeah. She's so fearless when you think about, when I think about yeah. her work. Oh my gosh. Uh, I have to go watch some of her. I haven't, yeah, it's been like probably five to 10 years since I've heard her name or thought about her name. Um, so you just finished your, was it, you just finished your master's degree or that's what I thought. Um, what's been, I know it's like early in your journey professionally, but have you had any kind of moments in your artistic journey that have been the like what's the best moment for you with your art so far has it been showing a work or um creating a particular piece that took a while to create or having a big epiphany about something like what's been the best moment for you so far i think there's a uh, kind of best but kind of the like the most complicated more moment for me mm. it's like you know after graduation i i need to be famous as an artist to get support from the society and to mm. get some kind of future get some collaboration so like early this year i i just randomly got featured on dazed beauty mm. like oh, cool. their their instagram account like at first I felt so happy and I get like 100 or 200 more followers on my Instagram mm-hmm. and people come to me like those people I never knew before and which has never happened to me and they speak to me like oh your work are so cool I like your work that's so and cool this is a good thing yeah this is a good thing for me and and I like I I like these kind of social medias mm. I'm not this kind of people like which is totally anti-social media but mm-hmm. I like the things and I I always post some like Instagram, Instagram stories, but after this moment, and I feel like, because I know if, uh, if I want to be an artist with, with a very specific figure, like Mm -hmm. if I want people to know me as an individual, I have to post more for people to remember me Mm. and I have to post more, this kind of cool stuff. I have Mm -hmm. to create more like more more specific or styled or with very distinguished characteristics Mm. style this kind of posts but I feel tired at this time because I don't want to do this kind of things but I know I have to do I have to I have to catch people's eyes or I will lose them that's I know this is only the beginning like it's not like a milestone but I when I begin to get into the stage, I feel tired and I feel complicated. Yeah. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I remember when I graduated with my master's degree, it's, it's like, it's a lot after having put so much energy and focus and intention into your art practice, you can, that just makes you tired alone. And then to know that you have yeah. to continue that and keep pressing and 
have this weird relationship with social media, whether you hate it or love it. It's like weird. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So do you uh, like, it's funny. I I meant to ask a lot of the artists about this, but we, we got caught up with other things, but I feel like your work is so um, because it's got this, you're really working with a new media and you're using technology. It really lends itself to social media. Um, so it's interesting that it's kind of that you have a relationship with social media. So do you, do you think it impacts how you're creating your work, how you're sharing your work? Is it like a, you, you find that it's a, a positive platform for you? Um, and when you're creating the work, are you like thinking about, okay, like your audience becomes basically your becomes a social media audience at some point, I guess, when you're doing it, when you're using it. Um, so just, yeah. How does, how much time do you spend thinking about the, the art in the social media world? Um, when I, uh, I, I don't think about it quite frequently nowadays, mm. but when I, trying to begin find my way in mm. art world i think about it a lot yeah because you know like there there's some kind of gap between commercial art and fine art fine art like this yes. kind of two fields but i want to get both i i want to be kind of expressive with some fine art techniques mm. i don't want to only be superficial in this kind of typical commercial art but i don't but i i all also know that i it's really hard for me to support myself to only become a very fine art mm. artist to only get into the galleries to right. only get on these kind of platforms. It's really hard for me to support myself. So I find myself kind of lucky because I, I'm, I'm really interested in this kind of visual mm. things. Visual things are commercial. They are yeah. very, yeah. they are very eye catchy, and they can collaborate with different brands. Mm-hmm, and at mm-hmm. the same time, I want to like think deeper into these kind of topics I'm thinking about. So I'm trying to combine these two things together and get some, get some, like get some posts and get some audiences on mm. the platform, on the social media platform. Yeah, it's always a a balancing act to kind of speak to a commercial audience and also recognize your, your fine arts background. And I feel like it's like this constant challenge for artists who want to have an audience and recognize that social media brings an audience and the commercial world also brings an audience as long as you're keeping, I, I feel like as long as you're keeping your intentions and honoring what you really want to be doing, that's, that's the most important part for sure. Which, which I think with, like I said, with your work, it's at least it's, it speaks to the, to that audience very easily, I think. So that's, that's really cool. Um, Okay. A few more questions. So this year's theme for the, we are women exhibition is rebirth. So I just wanted you to relate some of the work you're going to be sharing in this virtual exhibition to that theme and just in general, what does rebirth mean to you as an artist um, now during this very unique time? Rebirth to me, um, like you mentioned, I like some of my work is not so gender recognizable. Mm. So I'm kind of creating a figure and 
to this figure is kind of a rebirth.、Mm. So and also I just like stretch the face, so it's not kind of a human being anymore.、Mm. I want to just kind of、uh, kind of. Amplify this specific part, like which is face on the screen, and try to make it like a sign, which can shout out so loudly. Like women needs rebirth. Yeah, we need our like not only rights but also like status. Everything, everything in the society that we think is not so is not so good. It's not so friendly to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that.、Uh, and now just a few personal fun questions. Um. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Are you reading any good books?、Um, I'm reading.、Um, I, I I read in the Chinese version, but I think her name is Joanna Lars. I don't know is it is it right the pronunciation because I read in Chinese. And this book is、um, how to how to stop women or how to suppress women from writing. So this is talk.、Oh. This talks about like. Artists and women writers, and it's a very good book. Oh, interesting.、Um, I'll have to look at that actually.、Um, so they talk like, tell me a little bit more about it. So there are they saying like how women's voices have been suppressed, kind of by like what is it? Tell me a little bit more about it. I'm so curious. Like the main idea in this book is like it talks about. How does women creators, like、mm. writers, artists,、mm-hmm. and all kind of creators, being pushed away from the mainstream platforms? Ah, like ah. this kind of, like the society which is kind of masculinity society.、Mm-hmm. How, firstly, they just, at like because this book is written like fifty or sixty years ago. Yeah. So the first thing this men do is like they stop women from getting education.、Mm-hmm. So.、Mm-hmm. So a large part of the women, even though they're talented, they can write, but they don't have the education to support them, so they don't write anymore.、Mm-hmm. And then there are still small part of women who get education and who get dreams, and they write, they create arts, but the the mainstream field will will evaluate them as like it's very just like um just like Jane Austen. They say、mm-hmm. mm-hmm. her work is very. It's very feminine. It's not big enough. It's not like it's not historical. It doesn't talk about wars. So it's very、right. simple work. Simple、yeah. works. So this also kind this kind of way like the the male society try to suppress women creators.、Mm. So、it all talks about this in the whole book. Oh, that's interesting. In, I should I should definitely know that. I'm surprised I don't. <laughs> I'll have to go look that up. Um, and what what kind of music do you like to listen to? Are you listening to anyone right now in particular? Um, I listen to very versatile musics, and um, I'm listening to. I can check. I'm. I I I basically listen to like. Um, this kind of maybe hip hop、mm-hmm. and jazz, and also like I I like music from Japan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I like um I like uh yellow yellow magic orchestra, which is like a very very famous three Japanese artists、yep. combined together in a band, and uh I like Nujabes, 
And I like I, I was listening to Gigi Massing recently because one of my favorite hip hop artists from China has sampled music from him. Oh, so I just cool. trace back and then trace back to Gigi Ma- Mason, I think. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. So like a very eclectic, all different kinds of music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you watching anything right now? Movies or TV shows? Um, I was, I was watching, I was, I, yeah, I watch a lot, a lot of movies, like almost one movie a day. Oh, that's movie. awesome. Yeah. And, um, my favorite one movie is, is from, it, it, it's actually from China. It's from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I don't know the English name. The, the, the director is called Zhong Menghong, which, which is Menghong Zhong in English. Mm-hmm. And, so I really like uh, I really like this I really like his work I think he is kind of my favorite favorite film director in this year. What kind of genre is it? Um, is it like a specific kind of work that he's doing? It talks about family, like mm. uh, things in a family. But his way of his vi- his vision get into the family topic is quite deep. Mm. He not only talks about good ways or bad ways, he talks about the reasons mm. and also the very like very specific and subtle phenomenons that we always forgot we always like mm-hmm. ignore in the daily life so mm-hmm. that's what i like about him is he very um someone as visual as you is it are his movies very visual like is there a specific aesthetic or is it more the content oh, that you like he his content is good and his expression is good and he is quite visual because mm. he uh he's the uh, the the one who take the pictures like the okay. video film film photographer oh, cool. he took the shots by himself and it's quite beautiful oh that's cool I'll have to get your I'll have to have you write that down for me so I can look him up yeah I'll send you know to you later <laughs> okay perfect um, favorite food favorite food Chinese food <laughs> anything in particular that you're missing. Um, actually, uh, in New York, yeah, the Chinese of. society is quite big. Like I can get almost anything. Yeah. So yeah. That makes sense. It's, it's enough for me. Yeah. I was like, you know, in Hong Kong, especially like dim sum, obviously it, yum cha is such a big part of the culture. Yeah. And, um, when I first yeah. moved back to New York, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to live? But of course there's good, there's good, <laughs> there's some good places yeah. um what's your favorite drink drink of choice um boba tea mm. yep that's nice oh i'm really missing <laughs> missing that yeah um your favorite color my favorite color i think every color i like colorful things mm. and favorite place Favorite place? Um, I don't know. Uh, just hang out is good enough for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't just, care where. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just any anything you want to say to the listeners in terms of where you can see your work on, like your Instagram handle and your website? Would you let us know? Um, actually, I only have these two platforms. So mm-hmm. if you're interested you can just visit my instagram and website 
yeah, I designed my website with such a long time. So if you're interested, please just click into my website. Um, and what's your website's address, just so we know? Um, uh, it's www.baowenlu.org, O-R-G. And then your social media, what's your Instagram handle? My Instagram is um, E-E-M-E-I-M-A-O. Perfect. I will also put that in the episodes listing for, uh, for people to check out your work. And any last words before we say goodbye? Mm, I don't have so many. I don't have things to to say more about, but I want to say thank you. Like, thank you Aww. for taking so much time to finish this project. Oh, yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. And it's so interesting to talk about your work. And I'm excited to see where it goes in the next few months and then beyond that, too. And yeah, I'm really looking yeah. forward to sharing it with with as many people as possible. <laughs> yeah. And I will. Um, yeah, I will speak to you soon and I'll send you an email and we'll chat again very soon as a group. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Enjoy the snow. <laughs> I will, I will list the film name for you in the, in the email. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. Thank you. All right, have a good day. You too. Bye. And that's it for episode six. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Wenlu Bao. As she indicated, please check out her social media and website to see more of her work and just to really understand a little bit more what we're talking about when we talk about her distortions of uh, her self-portraits. It's really interesting and captivating and especially really cool to see when she has blown up these images and placed them in installation work. I think it's really cool and I can't wait to see how her work expands in the future. You can also check out her pieces that we've included in our virtual exhibition this year on our website, marcharthouse.com. And as usual, please check out our Instagram to see some of her work as well as the work of other women artists. And that is at March Art House. Have a wonderful day and I look forward to more conversations in the near future. <laughs>